to the Broad Oak Potty Podcast. Once again, Ron sitting here with Joey. It's good to see you. <laughs> I just love how you pronounce my name. It's just it just kind of rolls off the tongue in one syllable only. It's it's great. it's a time saver. Yeah, and we want to keep the podcast episodes as short as possible. Ah. so that's my. Mm. It's kind of a moving along. Yeah, which is kind of a kind of an opposite for someone with a southern dialect. Normally, you you guys draw everything. Well, out. it de- it depends on what part of the South you're talking mm. about. There's all kinds of different southern dialects. So some of us speak really quickly. Yeah, and some of us it it takes huh. a long time. Hmm. Interesting. And I can come in and out of that depending on which relative I'm around. All things to all people, kind of thing. That's yeah. exactly right. Huh. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, but here's a topic for us. Why don't we talk about it? And I want to call. I want to call the episode this. If Here you're we okay go with it. You ready? Here we go. The tyranny of the weaker brother. Interesting. So the tyranny of the weaker brother. Of the weaker brother. Ah, yeah. How would you define a weaker brother? Or maybe maybe we give a grounding first, right? Point our listeners to First Corinthians eight. Yeah. Yeah. There's a discussion there. The the, t- the subject matter deals with meat sacrificed to idols. And that whole dynamic, um, and and I think broadly speaking, we could say that a weaker brother is someone whose conscience has been less informed or less pressed by the freedom that we may have in Christ. Does that make sense? Yep. Now that's off the cuff, off yeah. the top of my head. There's a spiritual maturity component to it. Yes. Right. So so maybe this weaker brother could be. Um, a, a a newer believer, which seems to be the case in First Corinthians eight, like maybe a newer convert or being converted out of uh, a particular way of life, even yeah. yeah. Um, but and then I, there, and I'm okay with that. I would want to. I would want to say I think it's possible for a spiritually mature believer, though, to have a weaker conscience in one particular area. Does that make sense? Yes. So, it, spiritual, spirit, uh, uh, someone who's been a believer for a long time, correct, on, on a particular subject. Yes. That subject for them is more maybe informed by. Uh, it could be personal preference. Yep. It could be colored by their own past, maybe yes. before Christ. Good distinction. Yeah. Um, and it's not so much strengthened or pulled from the Word of God itself. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. And can I can I parse that out for one second? Yeah. I don't think we want to get on on the issue of alcohol specifically, but can I use alcohol? Yeah. So there may be a person who says, "I've been a believer a long time. They're spiritually mature. They personally don't drink." Uh, well, we know that the scripture does not in any way prohibit the drinking of alcohol. Mm-hmm. It prohibits the drunkenness. drunkenness, the overuse of alcohol. Yeah. So someone who chooses not to drink because A, they don't like the, the flavor, or B, you know, maybe they grew up in a household where there were a lot of alcoholics and there was mm-hmm. abuse. That person is not a weaker brother. Yeah. The weaker brother or the weaker conscience would say, uh, I believe it is sinful for me to drink and for you to drink. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. There's a so, distinction there. Yes, there's a distinction between this is a, a choice that I'm making in an and it area be, that God's given me liberty. Yeah, and it might be more subtle than that. They may yeah. say a Christian shouldn't drink, right? Mm-hmm. They, they may be slightly more subtle. Um, and when you start to press that, 
softer than just you're saying throwing it into a category of being sin against correct. God. Okay, correct. Yeah. Then I think even there, there's there's evidence that they're holding on to this idea, this standard, which anytime we hold on to a standard that is man-made or not, you know, clearly outlined in God's law or the principles of God's law, we may be at risk of infringing on Christian liberty, right? Mm-hmm. The freedom that we have in Christ to uh, to taste, to touch, to be in this world uh, in ways that are not prohibited uh, by God's law. So would it be safe to say the weaker brother, you know, it can be uh, because of a particular background, you know, uh, uh, whatever one's proclivities may be, right. um, the weaker brother classification fits when that weaker brother can say, uh, at t- and again, a, a type, maybe I, I should better, better say a type of weaker brother could be the brother that is saying, thus saith the Lord, seeking to bind the conscience of another individual. Yes. When in fact... It's not thus saith the Lord. Correct. Right. And maybe it's they are outwardly or even quietly but inwardly making judgments about an issue of someone else. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yep. yep that's helpful. Now, <clears throat> let's get to uh, the stronger brother, and then we'll put a, a scenario yeah, together. Because I like that topic, the, I mean, that title, Tyranny of the Weaker Brother. Yeah. Yeah. So stronger brother all right we can give a classification in uh, say say let's take the same subject let's take alcohol the drinking of alcohol could it be that the stronger brother is one that whose conscience is informed by the word of god as it relates to that particular subject um and he or she feels the freedom to drink a beer or not drink a beer. Right. Um, And so it doesn't necessarily mean the stronger brother is stronger in all areas when you compare, but we're talking case by case, subject, you know, subject by subject, perhaps. Yes. Now, when the two collide, and we see this in 1 Corinthians 8, let's start with the the stronger brother. We see a, a, a warning to the stronger brother to not cause the weaker brother to stumble. Correct. Right now, I have historically seen that charge from the Apostle Paul used in such a way that the weaker brother uh, enslaves the conscience of the stronger brother. Like, I've I've kind of been... That's that's the way that that I've seen that passage used. I've had that passage you know, quoted to me in that way. Um, I think we saw this, you know, not not to get into the weeds, we saw this a lot in the midst of COVID yes. with, with people making um, areas in which Christians had liberty on uh, a test of faithfulness to God right. or, or not, right? Um, uh, but that's not what that passage is saying, right? It, it, that passage is talking more about... Um, if you and I, and again, we're we're already down the road on this analogy of drinking a beer. If if you if it violates your conscience to drink a beer, then it's sin for you to drink a beer. Is that a fair? Is that a fair way to to put it? 
Yeah, I mean, generally like, speaking, I if, think if, if you if you go against conscience, if you act in a way that goes against faith, yeah, I mean, I think you could make the argument that that's sinful. And so, if that's where you are, as it relates to drinking alcohol, and yes. you and I go out, and I decide to have a beer because I don't think that it's sinful, right, to drink a beer, right, and uh, and and maybe you're 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 not putting your, uh, you're not using your conscience to bind my conscience. Let's just say in this situation, that's not what's happening, right? You're, you're sitting across, you're having a, a tea and I'm, I grabbed a beer and you haven't said anything about it. And then I say, Hey Ryan, I want you to have a beer. And you vocalize to me, you're uncomfortable with that. And I push and I push and you finally give in. You cave to that. Yeah. Um, does that, in your view, is that a better picture of when the Apostle Paul's talking about not causing a weaker brother to stumble? Yeah. I th- is that a more yeah, accurate because, illustration for us? Because, yes, I think so, in the sense that that passage can be misused to say, anytime I do anything that another Christian doesn't think I should do for any reason, I'm putting a stumbling block in front of them. That's how that passage is is often, often used, used yes. but I think a better understanding is what is a stumbling block, something yep. that causes me to wrestle with sin, yep. right? Uh, not something that causes me to question my preference versus your preference, yeah. right? And so, now, I mean, I will say, if, if you and I were, to, let's t- flip the tables, if, if you and I were meeting for lunch, and you, I knew, I knew that you didn't drink alcohol, yeah. Um, I probably, and I don't think I have to do this, and yeah. I probably wouldn't get a beer in front of you just because, you know what, I, I don't, I don't necessarily regularly drink beer at lunch uh, by myself anyway, but like I, I probably wouldn't, in just in case there was a sense in which you, uh, you know, you felt uncomfortable. But that's me using my liberty in that moment to yeah. say I'm not going to cause him to feel uncomfortable. But it's it, it's not. I have to do that in every instance, yeah. right? And if I do that, I'm causing him to stumble. Correct. It's more of, you know, he, I want him to be comfortable, and uh, yeah. and so I'm extending this. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I think where the tyranny comes in, and I think that's a good phrase, is when Christians live in such a way that we don't embrace Christian liberty because some other Christian may have their own extra standards. Yep in addition to God's law, that uh, they're pushing in such a way that uh, now we're telling people, you no, Christians shouldn't drink alcohol. Yeah. Or we're even trying to use God's law and add to it. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you truly love your neighbor, you will get triple vaccinated for COVID. Yeah. Uh, no, A, that's not what God's law says. But, it's... But, it's- it's a it's a yearly booster now. Oh, it's a yearly. Bo- I can't it's even a, every up. year. So about this time of year, every year from now on, if you love your neighbor, neighbor, you'll get you'll get oh, man vaccinated I, for. Thank COVID. you for clarifying that. Yeah, but I but that wanted... that issue has been misused in the last yeah. couple of years. You yeah. know, or or even in in some circles, and there can be good intent. You know, um, the kinds of foods that you eat, 
Yeah. Uh, well, if you don't eat all organic, you must not care for your kids. Yeah. Uh, now, I, I've not heard anyone say that, sure. but, but that, that may be that. This is how you have to give birth to your children. Yeah. Right. All these kinds of ideas that if I'm vocalizing those as a Christian should, or I'm inwardly looking at you with judgment because you don't, as yeah. if you're sinning, then. In that moment, I'm the weaker brother, and if I'm not careful in community, I will press that upon you in such a way that we're it using a test of fellowship. Yeah, in, in some ways, right? Yeah. It become, or at least you create these barriers Correct. to fellowship. Yeah. And I think that's where we get this word tyranny. Yeah, because we've sort of said, well, a Christian should only uh, do those things that no other Christian is going to be offended by. Yeah. Well, I think it's wonderful to use our liberty to try not to offend yeah. someone, but. Let's just make sure we have those categories right. It's a long list to keep track of. It is as well. I mean, it's an ever-growing list, right? Correct. And, and, and and so, in a lot of ways, I mean, the legalist and the weaker brother. There's a lot. There, there's a lot that can be in common there if we press that far. Again, yeah. Add, add, communicating preferences, opinions, and putting them in the category of "Thus saith the Lord." And, and seeking to bind the conscience of other believers, or using using a passage like First Corinthians eight in some ways as a weapon when you see people do things you don't like. Yeah, and I I think it is possible to use Christian liberty almost in a kind of a snarky, sinful way, mm-hmm. right? Oh, I know he doesn't drink. I'm going to order you know two yeah. or three beers at this meal just yeah. because I want to show him how how much liberty I have, yeah. you know, or you know I'm 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 going to be known as the guy who always drinks and smokes and put that what out there online. What about this? Conflating Christian liberty with antinomianism. Because, yes. because that's kind of a, a whole other ditch. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. I, I, we, we talked about this briefly on a previous episode, but people that abandon the law of God, right? Or it might have been the last episode. People that abandon the law of God because they had some legalistic upbringing. Mm-hmm. They conflated legalism with God's law and they very much underemphasize God's law in their life and um, and become very antinomian. Correct. And then what can end up happening is, you know, we take the doctrine of Christian liberty and it looks more like antinomianism than it does the, the actual yeah. doctrine of Christian liberty. Yeah, and I think our listeners, I mean, we've used that word many times, antinomianism, anti-law, or anti-God's yeah. law, yeah. right? Um, I, I, I mean, I think, I think it's good for us to to think about our circumstances and to think about those that are around us. Um, you know, from time to time, I mean, you and I are both ministers. From time to time, Christy and I will have uh, visitors at the church over to our house for lunch, maybe on the Lord's Day or something. You know, uh, on those days, um, sometimes, actually regularly, I don't necessarily say, well, let's have wine out for, for, for lunch. Not because I think having wine out is in any way sinful, but I know people, particularly in our region— might be coming from churches where they have a certain view of alcohol, or they have a certain view of alcohol and ministers. Mm-hmm. And so I don't necessarily want that to be the first thing that they wrestle with, mm-hmm. although very quickly when people are asking questions about our church, because of our region, I, in the kind of the Mid-South area, I will say, you know, here's what our church's view of alcohol. Mm-hmm. And I, that's nowhere near the importance of the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed or our church's yeah. confession. But I want people to understand, not that they're offended right when they walk in, but I want people to understand what they're getting into. Mm-hmm. And so I, I use that as an example to say there are times where in liberty we can choose not to do something. Yeah. 
so that maybe we can have a further in for relationship. Yeah. But that's different than if I put wine out, I am causing a stumbling block. Therefore, I'm sinning. Yes. You know? And of course, even with the issue and of alcohol. And should feel guilty. Yes. And, and yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Or there may have been times where some of us in certain settings during the COVID situation chose to wear a mask when we didn't feel like it was either helpful or we or we had to, but because our role in that situation, we you know, I, I remember for for several months I wore a mask because we were doing the Lord's Supper. And I didn't want anyone in the room to not come forward and have the the blessing of the Lord's Supper because they were hung up on the mask issue. Now, in that moment, what was driving me was a value of the sacrament, yeah, not my belief that I had to wear a mask. Yeah, the value of the sacrament outweighed correct the 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 validity of whether a mask protects you or not. Correct. Yeah. But if there was a person sitting there looking at someone else not wearing a mask, saying, "As a Christian, you should do this. God's law requires you to do this." Uh, there are several terms for that, but I think we could say that's weaker brother. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think over the last few years we've seen that the church at large really would benefit from understanding the weaker and stronger brother. That First Corinthians eight passage, uh, our culture would do well to, or our evangelical culture would do well to understand the doctrine of Christian liberty better. Like yes. we, it, the last few years has really demonstrated a lack of understanding about those things. And the irony here, and you and I talked about this before, is God's law, the Ten Commandments. We should be rigorous about mm-hmm. not to earn salvation, but because of the God who saved us, we want to joyfully obey Him. Yeah. Right. So all Ten Commandments apply. I know sometimes we talk about, and I know this is funny because we mention this we from go. time to time. Here we go. But we talk about the Sabbath, for yeah. instance, and people think, "Wow, man, you're really strong on the Sabbath. Like you're, you must be legalistic." I say, "No, it's the Fourth Commandment." Mm-hmm. But then, some of those individuals would then turn around and think it's sinful for someone to drink alcohol yeah. or play a family game of cards. Yeah. Who's inventing what? Yeah. Because the fourth commandment is actually biblical. Yeah, that's right. But playing cards and drinking alcohol, that's within Christian liberty. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so we have to make sure that our standard for what is right and wrong is God's standard and then not try to hold people to laws that we've made up. Yeah. Right. And it demonstrates the the tendencies that we have to make laws up. Correct. You know that that's kind of uh, the the area that we that we drift toward. And so, if we don't have an anchor, special revelation, right, is revealed in Holy Scripture to inform our consciences as it relates to matters that are sin and not sin, um, then things get enslaving very quickly. Yeah. You know, um, we can enslave ourselves and then <clears throat> again, getting back to that word tyranny and what the evidence we've had over the last several years, uh, we, we begin to enslave other people very quickly and bind yeah. their consciences. Yeah. So causing your brother to stumble, you know, the weaker brother saying, you know, using that as a weapon yeah, to control the behavior or the thinking of someone in an area in which there's Christian liberty. Not a good thing. The stronger brother that would um, kind of arrogantly flaunt or press into liberty as a way to make the weaker brother uncomfortable or pressure the weaker brother to go against his own conscience, not good. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think... 
the the stronger brother using liberty well. And there are certain situations where I may not agree with certain decisions of authority over me. But in that moment, I'm going to say, you know what, I'm going to submit, right? So for instance, um, I don't necessarily agree with every decision the civil magistrate makes, let's say regarding taxes. That's new information to me. But yeah, Uh, but I'll, I'll pay them. Yeah. Uh, I may be uh, a person who's not in a uh, position of authority in a local church, and I may not necessarily agree with a practical decision that's been made. You know, hey, we're going to paint the uh, the sanctuary walls this color versus this yeah. color. Uh, if we're up to me, I might choose a different color, but I'm going to submit and not cause an issue. Yeah. So again, having Christian liberty doesn't mean we can be overtly snarky or rebellious yeah. either, um, or jerks. Yeah. But having a weaker conscience doesn't mean we get to say what law is. Yeah. So what are, you know, some safeguards for that. One, I mean, so just practical, practical takeaways here. Having your conscience informed by the Word of God. Correct. Under, right. And understanding what God's law is. Yep. Uh, sitting under healthy, regular preaching of the Word of God can help you to discern how to rightly interpret yes. the Word of God. Right. Yes. Um, having having a category of, uh, and this is what we titled our last podcast episode. You know, orders of first importance. Correct. Right? The creeds help to capture some of these uh, old historic creeds. Help to capture first importance yeah. stuff. Right. Things that we um, fellowship with. That and it helps to give clarity on you know things that you're not pointing at someone saying you're not my brother in Christ or you're not my sister in Christ over. Um, and then I would say also just Christian community, you know, yes. just li- living in community and having conversations that that can help to round you out as it relates to discerning uh, things that are conscience issues versus and and even the tier because there's a tier right, right. of of the, every conscience issue isn't the same level or same intensity and, yes um, and and then also having the appropriate categories of what. Um, is not an area of conscience, but is an area of the saith the Lord. Yeah, and I would just add, we've said this before, but I want to tag on to anyone who's interested. You know, we've, we've said Ten Commandments. You know, consider picking up a copy of the Heidelberg Catechism and just read the question and answers on each of the Ten Commandments, because there you will see that the Ten Commandments are not simply just, you know, oh, thou shalt not murder, I've never killed anyone, I'm good. No, it, it fleshes out this idea of breaking that sixth commandment throughout Scripture. Mm-hmm. And to include things where Jesus says, if you hate your brother in your heart, yeah. you've broken that commandment. So we don't mean all you got to do is keep the letter of the law with those. Like, no, no, the Ten Commandments as they're used throughout the whole of Scripture. So pick up the Heidelberg Catechism. It's free online, and look at that. But then notice how many areas of liberty you have outside of that, you know? Um, and, and that would be important, I think. So, no. All right. Good well. phrase. That's it. The tyranny of the weaker brother. We'll see you. Thanks for listening. You got anything else you need to say? No, I was just sitting here thinking. We'll uh, be back next week. Mm